This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We are. We are. We are Cultivate. 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 We are Cultivate. Listening to Weird Distractions Podcast, a weekly podcast where we rotate between true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, and a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you, and more than likely what your personal trainer would consider a weird distraction from everyday life. I am one of your hosts, Alex, and I am joined by my lovely co-host again, Christy. It's been a minute and I've missed you. So glad that you're back in the Skype room. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you're back. And you know what? You were back at a good time because we are done talking true crime for a little bit and we're talking paranormal. Mm, I quite enjoy this topic. You do. I know you do. But before we get into this week's topic, just wondering, what is your need for a distraction? My need for distraction is I'm waiting for my taxes to come back and that makes me nervous. And um, I got a bunch of vacation back today and i got some of it denied so i'm a little peeved so uh wait I need to distract from that we can go to the concert oh, um God. my family vacation got canceled or got denied so i need to figure out that <laughs> so that makes me sad i'm distracting from all of the sadness of not going to have my four plans i had all summer that's all i wanted to do you know what fuck the establishment fuck the workplace <laughs> yeah fuck the workplace and that segues into what i need distraction from oh what my, is it my mental health is crumbling oh, no. because of my career choice no um <laughs> but true <laughs> but true definitely need distraction from work definitely need distraction from the world being on fire i i just need a big old distraction and what better way than you know with a big old paranormal distraction because that is the butter to my bread if you will I need some ooky spooky scaries. Perfect. This week we are taking a break from the back-to-back true crime episodes and we'll be discussing a reportedly haunted location. That location is the historic Ham House located in Richmond in the United Kingdom. So we're packing our bags and hypothetically going to the UK, baby. The Ham House? The Ham House, yes. Is there ham? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, mm, ham. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Where's the ham? Could you imagine if everyone in that house was a vegetarian? That would be hilarious. And so apparently the name dri- derives from the old English ham, which is H-A-M-M, which there meant land in a river bend. So therefore, no, no hams, no honey glazed hams. Or so it wasn't hams. like literal ham. It was like... No metaphorical land yeah this is where we live this is the house yeah yeah okay fine yeah we'll let it slide but as always we'll go over the history of the location before diving in and getting our ooky spooky on with the reported haunts for any history buffs who know a lot about this location please don't judge how much history probably won't cover in today's episode because plot twist they were primarily hyper focusing on the spookiness of it all not the you know 
historical side of it all? Well, the history is important, but I'm not sad about it because I like the, the the goods. Yes, the our our meat and potatoes is the spookiness. The history is good to know, but give us the haunts, give us the ghosts, give us the goosebumps. The goose. Yes, the goods. So I basically wanted to get to the bare bones of the history since there's a lot of detail out there. And some of it may not be necessary for today's episode. So I tried to uh, cut the trimmings, if you will, and uh, just present the meal as is, aka what we need to know to know why this place is haunted AF. So listener discretion is always advised, even when it comes to things from the other side, mostly because there will be, you know, Coarse language. And I think I mentioned suicide at one point later on in the episode. So just trigger warning. Your discretion is advised. Anyways, let's get into the history. So Ham House was called one of the finest examples of power and fashion from the 17th century. It was reportedly built in 1610 by a man named William Murray. Some accounts claim that it was built in 1608. However, I saw the date 1610 a lot more. So I'm going to put my money on 1610. What do you think? I think it's a safe bet. Yeah, safe bet. Shifting from the date debate, our boy William had friends in high, high places. And by high, I mean royal. Like, he he had a... He had royal friends, so he apparently was friends with King Charles I, who gifted the estate to William in 1626, which begs the question, Christy, when are you gifting me an estate? I just want to know. I'm just going to put it out there. Like, should I expect it soon? Later? Um, your estate is upstairs. It's the spare bedroom. Ah, uh, yes. Because um, I can barely afford this fucking house, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I thought. Okay. So, <laughs> William, along with his wife, Catherine, and their four daughters would move into the home and add some high class aesthetic touches to the home. There was a bit of a rocky uncertainty as to what would happen to the ham house after the British Civil War in 1642. So basically the Murrays move in, they, you know, zhuzh up the place and things are going well for a couple years, well, a couple decades. And then when the British Civil War hits in 1942, everything's kind of up in the air because that's kind of what war does. You know, it makes everything uncertain. You never know what's going to happen next. You're constantly full of anxiety. And yeah, that's war in a nutshell. What are your thoughts on that? Stressful times as always, yes. Yeah, definitely very stressful. So it sounds as though William's daughter, Elizabeth, and remember Elizabeth because she will be coming up later, but Elizabeth made friends with a local lord who was able to help the family maintain the future of the home. In short, Elizabeth stopped it from being confiscated by parliamentarians, according to a YouTube video by the Brick a Brack Shop. Also, that's a very big word. Why did I put that in my notes? That is monstrous of a word. Why you jolly phonics? I know. I did jolly phonics some words for this episode. That one I felt way too confident about, but alas, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna push on through. So according to the National Trust website, the ham house stayed within the family for nearly 300 years barely changing its appearance. So unlike most relationships from public school, this place was going the distance with keeping it in the fam. The very long fam. (laughs) What do you want to call that? The very fertile fam. Ah, yes. A very fertile uh, 
gene pool going on. I should say that sometime in 1673, the house did experience some expansions and renovations. So in terms of the layout of the two-story home, it possesses the following. So it has a great hall, which is a little bit self-explanatory. It's a hall that is great. Um, That's all the details I'm going to give you. You should just go check it out yourself, but it's a great hall. Every house should have a great hall. Well, yeah, I think it's offensive if you don't. I mean, my great hall is from the kitchen to my bedroom. I was thinking like a like a hall, like like a grand room. Yeah, that's yeah. This I thought so. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I'm just all their um. What do they call those things? Soirees. Soirees. Oh, that sounds so fancy. Mm Mm-hmm. You gotta have a great hall. You gotta have a soiree. True. Uh, that is how it works. That is the equation. Great Hall equals soiree. I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> equals soiree. And yeah, we don't got those nowadays. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> no. Mm. Can barely afford gas. I cannot afford a Great Hall or a soiree. I told you, your estate upstairs, the spare bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so next on the list of layout of the house is a chapel because every great house needs a chapel. So apparently the chapel at one point was the family's sitting room because you need a separate room just to sit. Uh, But it was converted into a chapel sometime in the 1970s, apparently. The house also possesses a great staircase, which was created between 1638 to 1639. And the staircase is like to die for it is lavish it has like custom wood carvings it's very chic very just one of those ones where you like can go one way or go the other like i'll go this way to go in i'll come down this way to come out oh like the titanic yeah like that scene grand yes 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 yes, yes. there's a balcony just look over and be like i'm here bitch Oh my gosh. There is also a round gallery, which reportedly served as the dining room and now boasts paintings from the 17th century. There is a north drawing room with a withdrawing room. So you've got a drawing and a withdrawing room. So, you know, just you never know when you want to withdraw from the party and you need an Irish I say I draw and then I go over and I withdraw. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to enter the withdrawing room when it comes to most situations. Yes. So apparently the north drawing room and withdrawing room was designed for guests to go to after meals to have conversations. So kind of a post-dinner hangout space. Spot where I'm assuming at one point there's probably some rich white men with cigars and brandy sitting there talking politics and dry things. I don't know. Hey, well, don't judge me. We were just talking um, before the show that I was watching the new series, The Bridgertons. Um, and I can just picture them being like, we're going to the conversation room now. Have some tea. Yeah, that's kind of what I picture. Actually, exactly that, with exactly Mm. that accent. Um, The house also boasts a long gallery. Uh, So no shoddies in here, just a long gallery, which apparently showcases portraits of family and royal connections to the home. Then we have a room called the Green Closet, which is apparently used to display miniature paintings and smaller scale furniture. I didn't really look into it too heavily, so if anyone wants to know if it's actually a closet or not, you're going to have to Google it yourself. I, I didn't. I I didn't, so sorry. You have to do your own research on that one. Next, we have a library, which apparently dates back to 1672 and has been considered one of the oldest country house libraries still in existence. Could you imagine having a library in your home? 
That is, yeah, that is the oldest country house library in existence, like still standing. Yeah. Yeah. It does have some dusty books. (laughs) It would have some dusty ass books. That is for sure. And last on my list to kind of share with folks today, but definitely probably not last on the actual full house list is the marble dining room that has been reportedly decorated in leather panels since 1675 i just smell leather and dust all i would say leather panels leather panels i just i don't know why i just feel like an instant body cringe i don't know why i don't know why either like i have nothing against that but i kind of do but i don't know why not on the wall not on the wall Oh. Yeah, but alas, it was the 1670s decor was wild, I guess. Crazy times. Crazy times. Yeah. Yeah. So as mentioned, the house stays in the family for about nothing major, 300 years. But by 1948, so a big old jump, uh, the ham house was reportedly donated along with its grounds to the National Trust. Well, that's good. It sounds like it went to good hands to keep the restoration of that historic aspects of it. Yes. So according to the National Trust Wikipedia page, basically the National Trust, for those that don't know, aka me, who had no idea what this was, uh, it's a charity and membership organization for the historical conservation in England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. It looks as though the property would be transferred to the government at some point, but then given back to the National Trust sometime in 1990, which they still own it to this day. I tried to find out if there have been any deaths on site at Ham House, in which my search was a bit fickle, especially in comparison to other locations we have covered. I mean, in previous paranormal episodes we've covered as of lately, they've been mostly like hospitals or sanatoriums and what have you. So it's more so common to have more documented deaths there, whereas this place, it was a little bit of a, eh, a little harder to find. Well, he said, she said, a little folklore. Basically, there was nothing written in stone. Okay. <laughs> nothing written in stone. However, given the longevity of this place, there has to have been some death on the site. Speaking of death, there is one mm-hmm. death I do want to discuss that has a little bit of juicy rumor mill stuff associated with it. Ew, I like me some rumors. Yes. So according to the National Trust website, there were murmurs that Elizabeth, which once again, that was William Murray's daughter, the one that basically saved the house from being confiscated. So Elizabeth may have murdered her first husband, Lionel Tolomush, by slowly poisoning him. So the couple reportedly were married in 1648, and when William Murray died in 1655, it's assumed that Elizabeth and Lionel took over Ham House. Now, that's not exactly per se, but it's kind of, that's my assumption. After the couple had 11 children, which apparently only five made it to adulthood, which, once again, this is the 16th, 1600s, I'm I'm shocked, but I'm not, if that makes sense. I say 11, but I'm like, oh, only five. And I was like, yeah, that's unfortunate. It's very sad. Lionel became ill and unfortunately he passed away in 1669. Now his cause of illness wasn't certain, like it wasn't publicly stated anywhere I could find. And as a reminder, he died in 1669, aka a time where healthcare wasn't, you know, as advanced as 2022. Um, But to elaborate on the rumor a bit further, I'm going to use a direct quote from a wiki tree website. Quote, Augustus Hare, in The Story of My Life, suggested that this was a result of being slowly poisoned by his wife. So 
he's speaking about Lionel being slowly poisoned by Elizabeth, who had used up his fortune turning Ham House into a grand palace and now needed new sources of income with which to pay off her creditors, end quote. So this Augustus guy basically, to summarize, writes that Elizabeth slowly poisoned Lionel to death so that when he died, she would inherit his money and be able to pay off any outstanding credit that she owed. What are your thoughts on that? Well, if she's trying to scheme, seems like a smart thing. You don't have to murder people. You just don't. You really just don't. I mean, yeah, having outstanding credit balances really suck. But you, you really know what? Just else? Don't. <laughs> you really just don't have to murder people. You know what else really sucks? Getting convicted of murder. Not that I know. But I can imagine it's probably pretty <laughs> shitty. So, like, let's not murder. Why don't you go, like, win the lottery? I don't know. <laughs> Did they even have the lottery in the 1600s? Probably not. I'm just probably not. Out there. <laughs> yeah, no. No idea. Let us know. Write down below. And by below, I mean somewhere on the internet. <laughs> Write to us. Let us know what you think. Anyways, this is simply just a rumor, though. And there hasn't been any proof that Lionel died of poisoning. It's been documented that Lionel apparently was always a sickly person. So he could have maybe just had like maybe an autoimmune disease or disorder or something to that degree, which was more than likely unbeknownst to anyone. Because once again, it was the 1600s. I should also mention that Lionel, as far as my understanding, didn't die in the home. Apparently he died in Paris. So when I heard that he died, I was like, oh, maybe he's the person that died at Ham House. Like maybe this is a confirmed death. But some reports claim that he didn't even die in the home, that he moved to Paris and died there. So I don't really know. Seems conflicting stories. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit of conflicting stories. And not only that, but it doesn't really... It doesn't mean that just because someone didn't die on site that there isn't any causation for the hauntings that have been reportedly happening at this place. We can't really say it's for sure Lionel that's doing it or not, and we will get into it. Please do tell us. But we're not there yet, so hold on. We'll get there. We'll get there. So uh, I wanted to talk about the ham house in the media because apparently it's not shy from the silver screen and has been used in various movies and TV shows. A little bit of a quick list of movies and shows that's reportedly been in include Spice World, which was released in 1997, The Young Victoria, which was released in 2009, Never Let Me Go, which was in 2010, John Carter in 2012, Sense and Sensibility in 2008 and apparently it was featured in an antiques roadshow episode in 2021 so yeah she's a (laughs) she's famous the property is quite beautiful so it's not really surprising to me that there would be shoots and filming taking place here now before we dive into the haunts of ham house we're going to read some google reviews of this location because i am now obsessed with reading reviews of haunted locations i feel like it's like now a must of every episode oh yeah so it's actually now going to be a, a segment and every, segue now. yeah so for every paranormal episode where we have a location we're gonna do a little segment that we're gonna call occult observations so shout out to Linz from the e old crime and pineapple pizza podcast for the segment name because i was rattling my brain trying to figure out what something to call this segment and she suggested occult observations bada bing bada boo i felt in love and made the executive decision to call it that. So thank you, Linz. Love it. Let's get into some occult observations. The first review is a one-star review and is from Blanche Vassalo. Oh, I'm not going to pronounce your last name correctly. Uh, Depasquale? 
Depasquale. Uh, and this was from two years ago. Uh, this review from Blanche goes, My daughter, age 11, is intrigued by ghosts and after reading about Ham House, wanted to visit at all costs. Needless to say, on our visit to London from Malta, we made our way to Ham House to explore. We were indicated a behind-the-scenes tour, which was very much akin to what my daughter wanted to see and hoped to experience! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. We waited anxiously for four more, they put four twice, I don't know why, for more than one and a half hours having arrived well in advance. We made it just three minutes late at the meeting point after we were indicated that the tour was to start by the front door as indicated by the ticket lady and the ticket itself, only to find out that the winter entry was around the corner. Until we got there, we were no more than three minutes late as we had to take the basement entrance and walk up. When we got to the Great Hall, we found nobody from the tour and the wardens were unable to indicate where the tour had vanished in three minutes. Once again, three exclamation points. We were told politely that we had missed the boat. Two exclamation points. I don't know where the boat comes in. To say the least, we were visibly upset and my daughter in tears, which made it worse. Pity, a beautiful day marred with callous incompetence to find the tour in a relatively small house within a, such a short time. End of review. Okay, Karen. <laughs> I'm so confused because she says that they were... Well, like way they got their way in advance and then they were three minutes late late like where the fuck do you go i know and then something about getting confused about the meetup time but like when you showed up there early my thought is you find out where the meetup spot is, is. And then you or have, if you yeah. were waiting for someone you would see like oh there's people meeting here oh why am the only one standing here that is odd mm-hmm, exactly so that's um interesting <laughs> to say the least <laughs> Sorry that your daughter didn't get to go on the tour. Maybe next time. Anyways, now let's end on a positive note for occult observations and read a five-star review. And this was from Leona Russell. Five stars. Uh, Leona wrote this review two years ago and it reads we visited in february on a last minute decision and we were not disappointed free parking near it which is brilliant the grounds the house is set on are beautiful although they are quite small so doesn't take too long to walk around you are able to walk around the basement of the house which has lots of interesting stories and a banquet set up with different foods they used to eat which was an eye-opener when you go into the main entrance of the house we were greeted by a lovely lady whose knowledge of the house was outstanding and set the scene for what to look for out for in each room when we entered upstairs the house is very beautiful and grand from both outside and in definitely something to visit and learn the history about ham house also the cafe on site does the most amazing cream tea which you cannot miss out on and a review brilliant <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant so we're just going to take a quick word from today's sponsor anna louisa and we will come back and chat more about how haunted the ham house truly is see you in a few christy and i are happy to announce today's sponsor is none other than the high quality jewelry brand anna luisa that's right and what better time to chat about some beautiful affordable and unique pieces from anna luisa than right before mother's day oh right mother's day is coming up on sunday may 8th what a better way to spoil that motherly figure in your life than with jewelry from anna luisa or even treat yourself Anna Louise mm. is currently doing a buy one, get one 40% off sale. So why not treat yourself? Well, that's tempting, especially with jewelry starting as low as $39 and new collections being released every Friday. 
very tempting. Very Alex tempting. and I had the chance to try some pieces from Ana Luisa, and let's say we're in love. I am obsessed. I have the willow necklace, and I don't think I'm going to ever take it off. I've already got my mom trying to snag my Ana Luisa pieces, and I'm already exploring the pieces Ana Luisa has for Mother's Day this year. They've got rings, necklaces, earrings, and more. If you're struggling to find one piece, definitely check out their gift sets. And with buy one, get one 40% off, you're going to be able to find so many options. And you can't go wrong. And if you need a gift for mom, someone who's like a mom, or maybe just yourself, as we already said, check out Anna Luisa, spelled A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Make sure you check out shop.analuisa.com slash weird distractions, or check out the link in today's episode notes so you can buy one gift and get another for 40% off. Anna Luisa, get yourself something beautiful. We are back. So to make sure I cover all of the report at haunts, I'm going to kind of go over them in kind of like a list formation based off the resources I came across. I'm going to talk about the reported spirits firstly, and then I'm going to talk about just kind of like the general paranormal reports and some more of the stories that have come out of the ham house. Okay. All right. So the first paranormal identity that we're going to chat about is that of Elizabeth Murray. So some accounts claim that Elizabeth's spirit is still occupying the home she once cherished. Prior to Elizabeth's death in 1698, the house had slowly become a shell of what it once was as she was financially unable to maintain it on her own. Financial stressors aside, she also reportedly had a decline in her physical health later in life, which also made keeping up with the house even harder. According to the Trip Savvy website, Elizabeth was known to walk with a cane in her later years, which there have been apparent reports of people hearing what sounds to be a cane tapping on the upper floor and the grand staircase. Yet, there is reportedly nobody there using a cane doing such tapping. Maybe it's the water pipes tapping. Maybe. I'm not going to say yes or no, because I don't know. <laughs> there have been further reports that Elizabeth's spirit is known to come up from behind folks who are taking a look into a mirror located in her former bedchambers, which terrifies the absolute shit out of me because, I don't know, something with mirrors really freaks me out. So to be looking in a mirror and then some ghost person behind you just chilling, being like, hey, when you're done, can I have the mirror so I can finish straighten my hair? Thanks. But like. <laughs> I need yeah, to do one my thing makeup. when I go to the mirror and I like request to see Bloody Mary, I don't ask to see this person. They disappear. <laughs> I did not put a request to see Elizabeth Murray. <laughs> thank you. The next on our list is that of John McFarlane, who was a servant from the 1790s. So this is more of a tragic story in which I'm going to give a trigger warning as there is mention of suicide. According to the Trip Savvy website, sometime in 1790, there was a 17-year-old servant named John McFarlane who was working at the ham house. John supposedly fell in love with one of the kitchen maids. However, the feelings were not mutual. Apparently, the rejection from this person devastated John so severely that he felt that he could no longer live and died by jumping out of the second story window. Some ghostly rumors claim that prior to him jumping, he etched his name into the window pane. However, I was unable to verify whether this is legit or not, which goes for the story as a whole. Yeah, we like facts, so... Yeah. 
I mean, I think that sh- this just means that we have to actually go there and see and like look at all the window panes to see if the, his name is etched anywhere to actually verify it for our listeners. What do you think? Must be. Everywhere we talk about, we have to go there. So it's already added to the list. So might as well. But yeah, so unfortunately, John died by suicide. Despite the instability to confirm the actuality of the story, there have been claims of seeing a male apparition near the property's terrace. Could this apparition be John, forever attached to the place where he felt the most rejection? Honestly, I don't know. And no one really seems to know. But for some reason, and this could just be a little sprinkle of folklore or ghost lore, if you will, people think that this is John, who is now forever stuck in the home because that's where he died. And that's why I was kind of hesitant to be like, oh, yeah, I found like one death because technically this isn't like a really confirmed death, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing in stone if you catch my drift. So that is John's story. Now to move on to Charlotte Walpole, which apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but she was the Countess of Dysart. So Charlotte Walpole was married to Lionel Tolomush, 5th Earl of Dysart, who was the great-great-grandson of of Elizabeth and Lionel that we had discussed previously. You know, Lionel, the one that died and everyone thought Elizabeth killed him off so that she could get more money from him. Yeah, that, that, that Lionel. Oh, okay. Yeah, it all circles back. So Charlotte reportedly died at Ham House after struggling with an undescribed illness on September 5th, 1789. Since her death, people have claimed to see a female apparition that resembles Charlotte walk around what was once her bedroom upstairs. Supposedly, seeing Charlotte can be considered a good omen, given her spiritual presence has been known to be quite pleasant so people think that if you see charlotte i don't know maybe good things will happen or it's a good thing as opposed to when i guess you see literally any other spirit it's not Not a good thing apparently (laughs) apparently not but this was mentioned in the trip savvy website where it was indicated that often the assumed apparition of charlotte is known to wave happily at visitors to ham house so when people i guess are walking onto the property or they're outside or i'm assuming it's all taking place outside and her spirit inside waving out the window being like, hello, welcome to Ham House. Like it's a greeting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it warms my soul. It's kind of sweet in like a spooky way. <laughs> in a spooky way. It's kind of sweet in a spooky way, you know, just how I like it. Speaking of things I like, next on the apparition list is that of ghostly pets. So apparently there is a ghostly animal roaming the halls of Ham House. Some suspect that this ghostly animal is the former King Charles Spaniel that Elizabeth had. Visitors have heard apparently the sound of a dog's pitter-pattering paws roam the halls along with the pitter-patter of presumably dog paws going up and down on the grand staircase. I love you described them as Peter Patter. Peter Patter. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Just little angel feet. I, I thought Peter Patter was more of a, I don't know, universal statement. But I think furry angel feet. The sound of furry angel feet just sounds even better. Way more fitting. Way more fitting. Uh, there are stories from visitors of Ham House that they've witnessed what looks like a King Charles Spaniel, only to be informed by staff that Ham House doesn't have a dog. So next, I'm going to break down some of just the miscellaneous haunts, you know, just rapid fire, just going to throw all of them at you. Take your best shot. <laughs> All right. So according to the Trip Savvy website, there have been claims of people witnessing a wheelchair from one of the servants' rooms mysteriously moving around without anyone seeing what is causing it to move, which is unsettling to me. <laughs> 
Because why is it moving? Maybe maybe no one sees what moved it, but um, someone way, ways away pushed it and it's just like rolling forever. I don't know. Do you have an answer for everything <laughs> I'm going to say? This is like exactly. our UFO Patreon episode all over again, which if you're not on our I'm Patreon, going to debunk everything. <laughs> yeah, if you're not on our Patreon, you should definitely join because March's Patreon bonus episode, I I think is one of her funniest episodes. Basically, I was like, this is this. And I'm like, this is trash. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong, but you're fucking wrong is basically what Christy said to me. Uh, but anyways, so there have been reports of mysterious footprints that have been known to appear on the dusty staircase or upstairs when no one was there prior to the appearance of said footprints. I don't know how that got there, but okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be able to figure this one out, but handprints have also been noticed on Elizabeth's pew in the dust. Just a heads up, this place is from like the 1600s as mentioned. It's bound to be a dust collector. Like, I- I'm assuming there is staff there that probably dusted. Cleaned. I'm going to say maybe um, a cleaner put their handprint in pledge mm-hmm. and put it on there, and that's why that spot's not dusty. <laughs> mm, you know what? What? That could be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. That is the handiwork of Pledge, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) Pledge. Confusing paranormal enthusiasts for many, many years. (laughs) I don't even know if that was a thing back then. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? There's no way. No way. But moving forward. So there have been reports of visitors who feel someone pushing them down the stairs, even though no one is behind them to do so. I'm going to say that's probably not a pledge problem. That's more than likely a paranormal phenomena. I'll give you that one. Okay, fine. Staff and visitors have also reported to hear unexplained noises such as loud bangs, footsteps, and more. According to a Daily Mail article, there have been reports of what was later described as a crone being that of an old woman who is thin and not so easy on the eyes according to um, Oxford languages. Uh, That's not their exact words, but that's what I'm paraphrasing as they 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 use the u word they said ugly and you know what i don't like that. when you went who is thin i was like oh what i aspire to be but they said not so easy and i was like oh just disregard yeah. <laughs> he's not so easy no i want to be easy <laughs> that's what you said anyways apparently a young girl witnessed this old woman supposedly allegedly in her bed one night and in a direct quote from a daily mail article the first story comes from augustus Hare, 1834 to 1903 who wrote that a six-year-old girl was woken by a crone crouched and scratching her finger against the wall so basically this little girl wakes up to this older woman by her bed like like yeah yeah that yeah that's exactly what she's doing for everyone wearing headphones we're sorry um but yeah that's what she's doing (laughs) who needs a soundboard when christy is back am i right (laughs) i'll make all the noises all the noises so it's been assumed that this girl poorly was no like this woman was reportedly no one residing or working at ham house therefore her identity is still a mystery so no one knows who this quote-unquote crone is i mean i don't know I I have no ju- like I have no guesses. Maybe it was Elizabeth. Now thinking about because Elizabeth reportedly got really sick near the end of her life, so maybe she like got sick, thinned out, wasn't you know looking so well on the eyes to some judgmental folks. And you know when she died, she decided you know what I'm just gonna paranormally. But then they did nothing. Like she was just sitting there on against the wall, like scratching and just yeah, like, just finding her own business. 
Yeah, just you know, scratch. Like not haunting anybody or no anything. Just feeling the wall. Just doing her thing, I guess. And that kind of wraps it up in terms of the paranormal reports that I was able to find. So to kind of summarize today's episode, it comes to no surprise to me that a location that's over 400 years old may have some things that go bump in the night. The ham house has such an extensive history of its walls being occupied from one family to another, to another, and then to another. Um, it also comes with some potential rumors as well, including one of murder. Regardless of the potential nefarious acts that may or may not have taken place at Ham House, this beautiful UK location is definitely on my haunted travel list. If you're nearby the Ham House and want to check it out, I would definitely recommend checking out the National Trust website in today's show notes for more information regarding tours and operating hours. And as always, if you've been there and you saw something spooky, something weird, and something that you're like, mmm, kind of creepy, Send it our way. We want to hear from you. And Christy will tell you where you can email us your stories. And that is the Haunted Ham House. What are your thoughts, Christy? Well, it was a little bit of a spooky one. I was anticipating some more ham, as we thought. But uh, alas, it was good. Five out of five for paranormal. Zero to five for ham. Yeah, I need some ham now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hope you're hungry for some resources because I've got a list of those. I will see myself out of this chat. Anyways, um, so thank you to the Wikipedia pages for the Ham House, for the National Trust, and the National Trust website. All links for those will be in today's show notes. Thank you to the Wikipedia page for Lionel Tolenmosh, the fifth Earl of Dysart, which my sincere apologies if I mispronounced any of those names or any of those jurisdictions, I don't know, titles. As you might not know, I am Canadian and not good at English. So sorry. Regardless, thank you to the YouTube video uh, called Ham House, the most haunted house in England, which was uploaded by the Brick a Brack Shop on December 14th of 2019. Thank you to the WikiTree website for their page on Lionel Tolomosh, uh, the Trip Savvy website for their article by Fern Arfin, which was fact-checked by Aaron Midlocked, um, which was titled England's Haunted Ham House, The Complete Guide. Thank you to Google reviews for our first, well, first dub segment of the occult observations and thank you again to Linz for that name suggestion highly appreciate it thank you to the daily mail article and i just have to say daily mail is doing the most their titles are literally the longest it reminds me of back in the day with emo or scene bands how they used to have like the longest titles for their songs like a follow boy song was like 17 words mushed into one or like a full-on sentence basically And that's what Daily Mail is still doing to this day. So thank you to the Daily Mail article, quote, titled, My Night in a Haunted House. Man spends the night in a National Trust property where guests have been mysteriously pushed down the stairs and ghosts roam the halls with spine-tingling results. By Luke Adams on March 8th, 2020. And last but not least. Thank you to the How to Pronounce website for Tolimosh because, or Tolimosh, because, yeah. Because I still fucked it up. (laughs) Because I still... 
still fucked it up. But uh, yeah, so thank you so much. And Christy, could you wrap up the show now that I've wrapped up the haunted location for this week? Yes, and before I do that, thank you to Anna Luisa for partnering with us as today's sponsor. Don't forget to go to shop.annaluisa.com slash weird distractions. Make mom's day treat to new jewelry pieces with Anna Luisa's buy one, get one 40% off sale. One piece for her, one piece for you. That's Anna Luisa, A-N-A, a-L-U-I-S-A. And don't forget to use a link in today's show notes so they know we sent you. Yes. So if you enjoyed today's at Weird Distractions episode, considering telling your friends, your family, your co-workers, and anyone else who will listen, please. You will find us on our various platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, Podchaser, and many more. Um, other ways to support our show, we have our various media platforms. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and on Twitter, our handle is Weird Distract I1. And if there's other options of sort of supporting our show we have our patreon page go on to rare distractions podcast again going on there we have two tiers we have different bonus content of episodes our weird spam so you get some shout outs you get some stickers you get some cards i want to say a shout out to our current patrons that we do have we have angela john alicia lynn cheryl shadow sissy tom and bailey always thank you to you guys for being our supporters we love you Alex's lovely shout out as always 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 and other than our patreon we also have redbubble so feel free to go over there to do a little shopping as some merch we have our basically any kind of logo it can get on any product whatever you fancy that day you want to shop some clothes feeling like you want to get cozy with the sweater you want to get a mug drink some tea shoot sip some tea while you listen to our episodes or you can go over to buy me a coffee and just do a couple dollars here and there to kind of help support us and lastly we want to hear from our lovely listeners we want to hear your stories as well so we can share them so feel free to send in your stories to weird distractions podcast at lutlut.com yes and as always if you need a distraction we got you bye bye